Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Insightful Principles. In today's podcast, I really want to go in depth on Bitcoin privacy for beginners and really going into details on what are the different elements when it comes to Bitcoin privacy, uh, whether that's you know storing your Bitcoin, uh, looking at ways of how you can be able to buy Bitcoin, on a non-KYC versus a KYC procedures, or even looking into different cold storage options that are disconnected from the internet and really analyzing how you can evaluate your coin management control uh, when it comes to labeling your transactions. So earlier this week, you know, I really went into details on the reasons for self-custody and how we've seen with some of the recent freezes as well as the withdrawal limits with Celsius and Voyager and really explaining why this is a case for self-custody. And I went to details with the properties of Bitcoin and, and really highlighted the importance of privacy, security, and decentralization. Uh, but if you all could please do me a huge favor and rate, uh, leave a review, and continue to keep sharing this podcast with your family and friends, uh, that's greatly appreciated. Now, the first step when it comes to thinking about your Bitcoin privacy is uh, you want to look at understanding non-KYC versus KYC. Now, when it comes to uh, non-KYC, uh, this is known as Know Your Customer. That's what the acronym stands for. And the biggest difference is non-KYC, you're looking at buying your Bitcoin privately where you don't have to go through uh, the different identification procedures, whereas with KYC, uh, they are going to ask for your name, your date of birth, uh, your address, social security. Uh, with most of the crypto platforms, they do have KYC, but there are many platforms out now that also allow you to do non-KYC. And one way to really think about this is the reason why it's important is because if the network was designed to be censorship resistant, self-sovereign, and empower users to take full control of their privacy, it's vital to utilize this technology and look at diversified ways to store your Bitcoin privately. Now, when you're comparing buying Bitcoin on a centralized or decentralized exchange, a centralized exchange has the KYC procedures, and they're gonna go through those identif identifying protocols um, and the challenge with this is that you are giving up your identity and your privacy, and it also can be exposed to centralized authorities. Another thing that you have to keep in mind is also the data risk. Uh, a lot of times when you're going through these platforms to share all of that information, they share it with third parties and they find ways to really actually track your data. And also your transactions can be tracked. Uh, when you're on a centralized exchange. Now, the pros of using KYC is it can prevent bad actors from illegal transactions, and it also allows the centralized exchange to identify if the person has good intentions with opening an investment account. So to some extent, I can see why a lot of crypto platforms are using a KYC process um, because essentially, this is the legacy financial system uh, when it comes to when we think about traditional banks, we think about uh, when we're opening up an investment account with, you know, Merrill Lynch, Fidelity, Charles Schwab, 
there are those protocols that they have to go through. However, I do think that privacy is a human right thing that we all should have access to. So investors should have the ability to decide if they want to buy Bitcoin privately or publicly. And honestly, that's the way the network was designed. Um, it allows you to be able to protect your privacy and to be censorship resistant where you don't have to provide all of this personal information about yourself. Now, a non-KYC process is you can pretty much have the ability to buy Bitcoin and not share any of your identity or information that the exchange can use to track a person, whether that's data sharing risk or even tracking transaction history. Typically with a non-KYC procedure, it's going to be with a decentralized exchange and they don't hold your funds. Rather, they use a multi-sig process when both the buyer and the seller both sign the transaction before any of the payments are sent to the receiver's wallet. Now, one downside to keep in mind is every single trade is on a decentralized exchange. It's, it is a blockchain transaction. Therefore, it can be slower and more expensive. However, it could be beneficial for occasional buys when it comes to a dollar cost averaging strategy. Uh, HODL HODL is a global peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin trading platform that actually allows users to trade directly with each other. The transaction can also be sent to your hardware wallet or your software wallet. And it also doesn't require you uh, to put any of your personal information like on a Coinbase. And they also have a non-KYC protocol with HODL HODL. Uh, I would highly recommend reading the HODL HODL security guide. Uh, before engaging on any transaction with their platform and a non-KYC matter uh, so you can better understand how the process works. I'll, I'll put all of that information in the show notes as well as the links to HODL HODL uh, so you can un understand what they provide with their services. And the last step is really you want to store your Bitcoin in cold storage. So you heard me all talk about Ledger, which that is a hardware wallet. And even though that, that does provide you more privacy and security, it is dis disconnected from the internet, there is a higher level of how you can protect your security and your privacy even more. Uh, you have platforms that provide software wallets, uh, such as Sparrow Wallet and Samurai Wallet. And pretty much what they allow you to do on these platforms is you can run your own Bitcoin node where that honestly allows you to have the most security and privacy where you can actually validate transactions uh, you can label uh, transactions and it allows you to also contribute to the health of the network so running your own bitcoin node is kind of the the best way to, to fully secure your bitcoin however really for those that are running their own bitcoin node uh, they tend to be using transactions on a daily basis uh, they may have a business where they're paying their employees in Bitcoin. In that case, it is uh, a, a strong reason for having running your own Bitcoin node. Uh, for those that are occasionally buying Bitcoin, uh, running your node could definitely be beneficial. Uh, but from what I've read, it seems to be that uh, for those that are using it on a frequent basis, that is transacting on an everyday basis, um, it's important to make sure that your privacy and security is the 
uh, the biggest uh, point of emphasis. But either way, I think it's important to understand what options you have available. And certainly running your own node can allow you to be able to better understand how the network operates. Uh, but when it comes to Sparrow Wallet, uh, they actually support your hardware wallet. So that's pretty unique. And, and with Sparrow, uh, they also do multi-sig wallets. So I talked about the example of with HODL HODL where when there's multiple uh, parties that are trading Bitcoin, uh, both parties have to sign on the transaction before any uh, funds are released or settled. It's the same thing with multi-sig. Uh, you have multiple people having to sign on one transaction before it can be sent over. And this is really good from a security standpoint to also prevent hackers or anyone is trying to look at a paper trail of your transaction history. Uh, you can be able to have multi-sig functions where it's more work that they have to go through to try to steal your uh, Bitcoin or any other crypto assets you have. Um, and then also it allows you on their platform to identify which transactions you want to send to a person. So they have excellent coin management and just coin control on their platform. And, and when I'm talking about uh, having the ability to label your transactions, uh, for example, it would be for if a person has a Bitcoin or Coinbase and let's say they have some on their hardware wallet on Ledger. On Sparrow, with their integration, you can actually decide which transactions you want to send to a particular person. So if you wanted to send more of your uh, non-KYC coins that were held privately and you want that to be sent in the transaction, or if you want your KYC coins, which are typically the ones that you will buy on a centralized exchange, you can send those within a transaction. So it's pretty unique that you can decide uh, which transactions are labeled and how that's facilitated through the uh, just the trading process when you're buying and selling and ultimately with Sparrow uh, they are allowing people to be able to just have more uh, usability when it comes to their privacy and security for those that want the financial uh, self-sovereignty uh, when you think about the way Bitcoin uh, is designed and uh, you know I'll put all of the information here uh, within the show notes for Hado uh, Hado um, as well as with Sparrow. Uh, there are definitely some, some great things to check out and uh, definitely having a better understanding when it comes to your Bitcoin privacy. Uh, but I thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Um, as always, continue to rate, leave a review, uh, share with your family and friends. And uh, thank you all for listening and take care.